0: of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning everybody and everybody online. Good morning. Happy to have you with us today. Uh, we are in the second Sunday of Tide. I know I won't even call for a show of hands of those who have taken down their Christmas decorations. My family, we have done something, but I'm not going to disclose what. But you're supposed to keep them up, y'all. If y'all didn't know that, it's okay. This year, we'll let it slide. But next year, there are 12 days of Christmas, and we got to keep the party going. Um, That's why we still have our lights. We're in white. we got our Christmas trees. So if if for liturgical and Christian reasons you need to keep it up or you just didn't get to it yet, um, we can't tell the difference. It's okay. Keep your Christmas decorations up. Um, if your uh, uh, first this is the first time with us at Res, I'm Father Sean we are still celebrating Christmas time and it's, it's, really hap- it's really great to have you with us have you had an experience ever in your life where you happen to be at the right, pli- at the right place just at the right time where something so amazing happened something fortuitous happened just because you were in the right place at the right time it kind of brings to mind for me the entire plot of Forrest Gump right that whole story <laughs> Um, Maybe when uh, you met your best friend, and you didn't know that this would be your best friend, but you happened to, when I say, how did you meet? It was this kind of fortuitous story. We're just in the right place at the right time. Maybe when you uh, met your spouse or someone really close to you, you have that kind of a story. Maybe uh, when you were able to help someone exactly when they needed help. There was no way for you to have known that they needed that help. Or when you needed encouragement so desperately... And someone, maybe even in a passing comment, gave you a word of encouragement that meant the world to you. I, I happened to be seated on a bus heading uh, back from Mexico at the right time, at the right place. That's how I met Michelle. We had a like long 14-hour bus ride together. So I had a captive audience, and that was my chance, and so I took it. So I was in the right place at the right moment at the right time. And some of our life's most incredible experiences and memories and things that relationships that we hold they have come to us not because we went and necessarily sought them out but they have kind of found us the right place at the right time right now these moments these incredible moments they may seem to us just sort of random and maybe some of them are uh, but to God who cultivates our time to the God who shepherds our lives none of this is random or surprising To the God who superintends everything that plays out in our lives. This is far from coincidental. Simeon, uh, as we heard in our reading from Luke 2 this morning, Simeon was, scriptures say, righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Did you catch that? There was a lot in that one sentence. Can I read that again? Simeon was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him, waiting for the consolation of Israel. For all of the promises that God had given to his people, you have Simeon here waiting for those promises to be fulfilled, to be made fulfilled and right and true, to come to pass. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The Holy Spirit plays in this section in Luke kind of as this, uh, it's actually repeated like two or three times. Kind of the background character, but not really. If you're paying attention, you notice the Holy Spirit is kind of one of the main characters of this moment when Christ the Messiah is brought to the temple. You have Simeon, but then you have the Holy Spirit who is upon Simeon. And the Holy Spirit revealed to him in verse 26 that he would not die until he laid eyes on God's Messiah, the Christ, who would be a light for the ways of God for the whole world, even the Gentiles would be revealed to this, uh, this child. And he would be, this child would be, the rescuer of every human heart, every human life, every human being. And on that day, you could say Simeon was waiting at the right place, at the right time in the temple. It's incredible to think about, actually. It's pretty amazing. Simeon was not just uh, coincidentally there. Well, lucky me, I was here on the right day. He had been waiting for years faithfully, patiently, day in and day out, knowing what God had promised through the Holy Spirit to him, he was at the temple waiting. Can you imagine all the years and days that passed? All the comments that he must have had from people like, dude, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Go get a job or something. He was waiting there for God to fulfill his promise to him for who knows how long. And then this newborn baby arrives god in flesh in his temple and Simeon took the baby into his arms and in this paradoxical moment you have the creature holding his creator wow god in flesh in his temple it's it's hard to even wrap words let alone our imaginations around such an amazing mystery And then these words come from Simeon in verse 29. It says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. The church um, still prays the song of Simeon every day. Evening prayer in Compline, if you pray the daily office with us, this will be something you can just memorize. You will revisit this every day. And at the end of the day, as we enter into a time of rest, we are resting not just after a long, hard day of work, but we're resting in a peace that God has promised us when we sing this song of Simeon and pray it at night. It's the prayer of a day for those who have spent the day waiting for God. So next time you run into this in Compline or evening prayer, look back at your day and say, can I pray this prayer as if I had been waiting for him all day? Huh, that's an interesting little thing to think about. It's not about what we have done at all, really, these evening prayers and this song of Simeon, but what God has done all day for us, where he has shown up and provided, even when we weren't paying attention or noticing, we're taking stock of and being grateful for the ways that God has arrived and been present to us. And when we recognize that, God gives us this peace, this rest at the end of the day that only really he can give. It's a rest that our souls have been longing for at the end of the day. The truth is, like Simeon, God is present and attentive to your everyday life. Think of that. And if we're willing, this God who is Present and attentive to us, if we're willing, he often guides us to places and people according to his plans. He has something of an agenda in mind. He's working something out. And if we're tending to his presence and we're being led and, and tending to his Holy Spirit, and being attentive to his Spirit, it should not be so miraculous or so mind blowing that he leads us to people that we are to be present to and listen to and be a channel of his love and his presence too god is up to something in the world and he uses our lives to participate in it he often guides us to places and people just for that work and it's not just a temple or some fancy religious place like a church it could be a cubicle it could be a grocery store it could be tending to your little children who it seems have no idea what's going on, but you're just changing a diaper, tending to them with a meal. It could be the most minuscule, mundane things, and yet God is using you to tend to the lives of other people. God is working things for our good, and he's working things through us for the good of others as well. That's what we're finding out, even in this story with Simeon. Consider what Paul wrote in Ephesians 1. We just heard this a minute ago. Uh, from Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5. It says this, In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. Predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons and daughters through the Beloved. God has uh, already determined that we are part of him that we belong to his family and he's already decided in his love and in his care not out of his like kind of a micromanaging controlling God mode but actually out of his gracious and loving care for us he has tended to our lives and drawn us to himself in Jesus so even before our lives have really been present and tended to his life he is already present and tending to ours this is good news Because there are times in our lives when it seems like the last thing we do is tend to God's presence or pray or acknowledge him at all. It's only like when we're in trouble that we realize, oh God, I need your help. But all the while, God has been tending to you. All the while. Even before it occurred to you to ask or to pray for God's help, God has already been present to you. He has determined beforehand that we would be adopted into his saving family just as he planned it through the Christ child. So our waiting for God is not uh, for a God who has not come. I don't know, maybe he'll show up, maybe he won't. It's not that kind of a waiting. It is for a God who has already arrived in Jesus Christ, the child, the infant. And for a God who will return in Christ the King, to judge the living and the dead, as we say in the creed, to set the world right. Our waiting is not in vain, and it's not sort of like some sort of spiritual optimism or something. Our waiting is bookended by the God who has come and the God who will come again, and even the God who promises to be present through word and sacrament every week for us in our lives. But to be like Simeon isn't just to know those facts about the presence of God in the world or even in our lives, but to be like Simeon is to have a heart that's waiting, that's attentive, that's willing to stand there for days upon days upon days because of God's promise and say, he promised he would show up. He promised he would be here when I needed him. He promised that I would see his salvation. That's a different kind of heart, isn't it? That's a heart that leans really heavily on the providence of God, on his for action, his action despite us and before us. What would a Simeon life look like for you right now? Think of your life as you have it. All the concerns, the plans you've already made, the calendar you've got, all the things that you would like to see happen in the next year, maybe you've even tried out some resolutions. Okay, good for you. That's fantastic. What would a life, though, like Simeon look like? Uh, What would it look like, for instance, to have a New Year's resolution that says, I want to wait for God. This year, I'm going to wait for God. Instead of taking things into my own control and making all of my own plans as if God's not a factor in this thing, I am going to open up space to wait for God and I'm going to stubbornly wait for Him. If you're like me and you want uh, and, and you're terrible at waiting. Um, you want to avoid the waiting by any means necessary. If you ask Michelle, I'm like the most impatient person in the world. She knows this. She drives with me. She always reminds me. That's, we don't talk about that right now though. I might be the most impatient ever uh, person ever, but I I do anything to avoid the uncomfort, discomfort of having to wait. Uh, so I'm a pro at this. I will, for instance, um, draft up some plans, some pretty sweet strategies and go with that. That feels like I'm tending to things. I'm getting after it. Nothing wrong with strategies and plans. Of course, I think God works in those too. But sometimes those get ahead of my waiting and listening for God. Or sometimes I'm just waiting for the work day to end. Or for this issue or this matter that's on my hand, for that to be resolved. I'm waiting for this stinking pandemic to be over. And I get so locked in my sight, in my head about, goodness gracious, when will this thing finally be over? waiting for this or for that, if you're like me, uh, all of your attention can start to focus on all the things that you're waiting on rather than God. It's so easy to do. And it's no wonder No wonder that when we spend our whole life waiting on these, all these other things in our lives, that at the end of the day, we feel totally spent and burnt out and tired and just fed up. And we just like want to throw it all away. No wonder it's like that. But maybe, just maybe, we must be a little bit more like Simeon. And maybe by God's help, we can have hearts like Simeon. Or as the psalmist says, we could be like a doorkeeper at God's temple. Patiently waiting, faithfully present, attentive, and open to the leading of God's Spirit. Y'all, this isn't just spiritual jargon. The Holy Spirit... Really does lead human beings in Austin, Texas in 2022. Is it? Am I getting that right? This is real talk. But what are we going to do about all these factors that we can't strategize or pin down? Who knows what's going to happen this year, Sean? Sean, you don't understand how crazy things have been. I don't need to understand if it's true that the Holy Spirit is present to us, if it's true that Christ the child has been born, entered into humanity. If it's true that he's coming again, and in the meantime, his kingdom is being established in our lives, if that is true, our lives then can wait for him, can depend on him. We can ask the Holy Spirit, What do you think now? What about this? What about that? This is what it means to be a Christian, by the way, is to live a life completely in reference to Christ, his timing, his plans. The things he values, the things he thinks are important, his way of speaking and loving and treating other people. It's a whole life in reference to Christ. That doesn't just happen magically by eating the Eucharist, it doesn't happen magically by you being super on top of your quiet times. And it doesn't happen just because you're nice to people. This, like Simeon, is a decision day in and day out to say, I want to wait for the Lord. He has to be the center of things because that is my salvation, and I know it. And I want, Lord, by your grace, to live that out. This is what it means to be like Simeon. Now, it may look like for you, if we're talking brass tacks here, let's get to the details, right? It may look like actually being still, physically still it may look like taking naps. That's not funny. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? We're like some of the most underslept people in the world. It may actually look like taking naps and rejuvenating your body with rest so that you can actually tend to reality and focus on uh, waiting for God's presence and his voice. In fact, when you go on spiritual retreats, it should not be a surprise that they say to you, you have to have two days of eight hours a night's sleep before you even show up. It's, that's how important it is. It may look like taking naps. It may look like finding silence somewhere in your life. Just, just to hear the wind in the trees. Just to hear nothing and wait for the Lord. It also is really active. It may look like holding open your worries that occupy you before the Lord in prayer. Diligently. In a disciplined way. Praying even when you don't want to. It may look like putting down your phone or closing your screen and being present to the people who are actually present to you and saying, Lord, what are you doing in this person's life? Can I get in on this? Can I, can I participate here? It could look like so many things waiting on God. It isn't just inaction sometimes. It is also intending that time and place for the patient work of recognizing God's presence and tending to it intentionally in every heart. Friends, the good news, God is preparing room in every heart in this world, in our lives. God is preparing room for His Spirit to fill us and to lead us so that our lives can be guided and nourished and empowered in the ways that only He can give but he won't kick down the door. He won't force that. We have to be willing. We do have a part to play. Lord, I'm open. I'm willing to receive this, is what that sounds like. Would you allow the Spirit to lead you this year? Who knows what's going to happen this year? We've like, tried to make predictions in years past, right? Let's not do that anymore. Who knows what's going to happen this year? But we can make one decision for sure, that we can allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, no matter what comes in the year. We can allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. So what time then, what opportunity, what person will God put before you this year, today, this week? That you might see his kingdom at work. That you might see Jesus presence, And that you might see his love and salvation being worked out right before your eyes. More than individually, Rez, as a church, as a community, I think God has put our community in this place at this time for a purpose, for a reason in South Austin. This means that we as a community of people, we have a part to play. We have work to do. We can't just sit in the pew or these folding chairs and wait for something to happen. There is actually a willingness, a standing, an attentiveness to God's arrival that as a community we got to tend to. We are being invited into that discerning work together, noticing the needs among us and finding our part to play in this community. What is your part? What are you going to do this year? Are you going to be like Simeon standing at the door of the Lord's temple waiting for an opportunity, looking for something attentive to his work? Are you going to be focused on something else, kind of checked out, maybe missing it? What is your part? And tending to God's arrival in this community for the sake of others. This morning, friends, let us wait like Simeon. Let us have hearts like his, tending to the arrival of God's presence in his temple, which, by the way, isn't stone and wood, but is human hearts, flesh and blood, is now the temple of God. It's an arrival that fills us with his presence and fills us with a deep and saving rest for our souls and leads us to tend to His presence in the lives of other people. And look. Pay attention even now. Oh my gosh, and is He ever going to stop preaching? Listen up. Christ is present at His table even this morning. Have you noticed? Do you have eyes to see? Or are we totally checked out already? Are we already thinking about where we're going to go after church? Do we even notice God's presence where he has promised and guaranteed himself to be this morning. Friends, if we contend to that and receive that mercy, receive his presence, we might have hearts and eyes attuned to receive his presence and his work elsewhere in the world. So let's come to the table now. First, with a moment of silence to invite the Spirit. Some confession. We'll stand and say the creed together. All of this in preparation to be the kinds of people who contend to the presence of God when it arrives. Amen? Amen. Let's put ourselves to this work. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.